We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to a week 14 edition. It's week 14 already, John, of the mm-hmm. Rotowire Sports Betting Pod, a subsidiary of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we thank everybody who's been listening along, you know, following us, subscribing on YouTube, checking us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. John, five weeks left in the season, man. Uh, this this is wild. Every year, it, it it completely, you know, it feels like you just jump from like week seven to week 14 all of a sudden, but Man, we got a lot to talk about. We have our final week where teams are on by. Uh, we, 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 you know, say goodbye to the Cardinals and the Commanders this week. We'll live with that. Uh, that's fine. This is probably the best, the best bye week situation of the year. Um, and we, we will start by talking a little bit about Thursday night football. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that one for the live listeners. I'm going to say with confidence, John, partially because we've already missed the deadline and partially because I never considered it. We're not using this game in Circa. Yep, that that's the only uh, real certainty uh, for this game, along with um, the only other certainty being this is going to be tough. This this is the NFL testing whether we we really love it or not. Um, and you know, it, we do. We're going to watch it anyway. It is what it is. Um, circling back quickly, uh, the the Commanders and Cardinals being on a bye is very consequential for my. Really crappy Rotowire staff dynasty team. I got Howell and Kyler. So uh, I am starting Kenny Pickett tonight. So it, it all ties ah. together. Yeah, I had to scoop him. Can you believe that? Kevin, Ke- or I'm not Kenny Pickett, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Off the okay. Way all right. Ride. Well, I mean, that's slightly better. But uh, I'm, honestly, you know, you're probably looking at a difference of like three to eight fantasy points tops. Yeah. If, from a quarterback, it's, uh, yeah, it's not, not great. But either way, beyond that, um, the way that I would bet this game is anytime touchdown for both defenses and that that's about it i don't have a whole lot you know i do a a private dk contest with some of my college buddies for every thursday night game and this was this was tough like the you know my buddy sent out the link this morning and everybody just responded like jesus christ man what am i supposed to do like you know (laughs) normally there's it's fun to see the strategy you know this is what it's the showdown style so you have to have a captain oh Man, I mean, I I, I might Steelers captain. Defense. I might captain. Yeah, captain the medical tent. Uh, I don't know. Cap captain the. Can you captain the ball? Can you captain a punter? Um, my, my guy, uh, my guy, Lib Crusher on Twitter. With um, uh, he's a big football like DFS guy, and he was like, I, I, they should let us use punters tonight in fantasy. <laughs> I, agree. I mean, if you're in a PPP league, you know, you get a point per punt. I, I would be <laughs> totally down for that. You know, we won't go too deep on this game, but the last thing I'll say is, I personally don't think there's any chance that this turns into like a, a flip the script type of game. And it, we look back, we're like, wow, that was so much more fun than we thought. Like, I think we're a hundred percent locked into like a 13 to 10 game max. You know, sometimes, sometimes these games will surprise you. Like I thought the Jags were going to blow the doors off the Bengals. And even before Trevor Lawrence got hurt, that was a tie game midway through the fourth quarter. You know, you didn't expect that out of Jake Browning. I, I just don't foresee a world in which, you know, five hours from now, we're like, man, Bailey's happy through four touchdowns tonight. Yeah, like th- this is a this is one where sometimes you just get what you deserve. Like the uh, the bear the Bears Panthers game. Like everyone's like, this is going to be god awful, and you know what? We were right, and I, I think we're going to be right again on, on this one. This is going to be a, a tough watch. Uh, just hope everyone gets out of it healthy, and that there's a, a couple of entertaining uh, gaffes along the way. All right, we got through that. That was that's going to be the toughest part of the podcast. Now we can talk about the real games. We'll get to the Sunday slate. You know, I did the circuit preview video with Jim Coventry earlier today. Great dude. Saw him at the holiday party on Tuesday. All timer. Uh, oh, love yeah. talking with Jim. We were actually in agreement 
we, we each, you know, blindly picked three games that we like most. We had the same three. So I think that is a great omen, John, going into week 14 of the contest. And as we always do, you know, we'll highlight some of the games that are under consideration. Uh, one that will not be under consideration, at least for me, John, is Buccaneers Falcons in the early window on Sunday. Falcons, one and a half point favorites right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, they are two point favorites in Circa. Yeah, miss me with this one uh, for, for for the card. I mean, uh, the NFC South, other than the Panthers, is impossible to, to figure out. I mean, like it, any week, anything can happen. You know, like the Bucks. Occasionally, they're they're plucky and they're fun and and uh, everything. And then other times, they they can't even cover five points against the Panthers. So it's like I'm, you know, you're you're on my bad list for that. Um, the, the Falcons, of course, they were playing in a game that like well into the game, it was two to zero at one point mm-hmm. uh, last weekend against the Jets. Of course, they played in a game that that finished thirteen to eight. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's just they're. Well- so did, did I tell you, John, I can't remember. I ended up at the local casino on Saturday with some of the fellas. Yeah, we had a full day of watching college football. We're like, you know, let's let, let's head over to Pato and, uh, you know, play some sports bets. Because if you're on site, you can use the Pato Sportsbook. Uh, one of my buddies who was – he had entered sicko mode at that point, put together a 13-leg no-safety parlay. And we're like, how could this lose? You know, we're, we're like frantically researching how many safeties have there been this year. We're like, dude, this is golden. Like, I, I can't even remember the last safety. It's like – 25 minutes into the noon games, boom, safety in the Jets game. <laughs> it's just like, um, you know, when, when someone gets like unplugged from the matrix, like they're living this, this wild alternate reality and then nope, done over. Yeah. Well, I, I got a great photo of him. Cause you know, you, you put it in at the kiosk. They do have a, a window, like a traditional book, but it's just way easier to use the kiosk. <laughs> and like it prints off the ticket, you know, a normal betting ticket. If you put together a parlay is like this long. I mean, it was it was like a like a CBS for CBS or something. Oh, yeah. holding it up like a like a naughty list or something. It was it was unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, that was dead a half hour in. I, I don't have a strong lead on this game either. Like I said, it's a total pass for me. You know, the, the thing about the Buccaneers is like at times this season they've been able to to score quickly. You know, they can they can hit chunk plays to Mike Evans. It feels like he's their only option for that. But I, I don't know if Atlanta has that that same dynamic. But I, I also think the Falcons are the more consistent team. They're at home. Um, and I don't know how we, how do we factor in Chris Godwin's wife going off on Todd Bowles on Instagram? Ooh, that now a, a wrinkle, uh, in, yeah. in this game suddenly appears. D- does the squeaky wheel get the grease? I mean, he, right. he got a, uh, he got a touchdown last week on, on a end around or something, but, uh, no, he, he needs to get utilized more. Baker's never been like, you know, it was such a toss up during fantasy draft season because they were going right in that same neighborhood of the ADP whether you like Godwin or, or Baker. And it's like, well, Baker, for better, or for worse, he likes to chuck it. Like, he, he's not he's not Tom Brady. Just get get the ball away from me as quickly as possible, like, like it was uh, the last two seasons in Tampa Bay. So it was always going to be Evans, I thought. I, I mean, it's right. easy for me to say that now. But, um, you know, I, I just don't really see a way in which, like, that, you know, Baker just completely alters his approach to playing quarterback to placate uh, Baker Mayfield. I'm not, I'm not sure it's an offensive coordinator or a Todd Bowles problem necessarily, but uh, re- respect to her for for at least uh, you know coming at the king and yep. maybe not missing. Yeah, Mrs. Godwin, uh, frequent listener of the podcast, we support you. Thank you for you know for your vocal uh, you know leadership at, at this time for the Buccaneers. Falcons are five twelve and one ATS after a straight up win under Arthur Smith. They are one in four ATS in those situations this season. That's something to keep an eye on. I mean, we know we know Baker is terrible against the spread when he's a favorite, but he's only 23 and 21 as a dog. So it's not like there's this massive split there and Todd Bowles, horrible, awful as a dog, 14 and 42 straight up in his career as an underdog. I, I again, I'm passing on this one. I, I think, you know, maybe you just hold your nose and, and take the two points with the bucks. This could easily be like a 17, 16, 21, 20 type of game, but I, I don't really feel strongly about it. Uh, are we allowed to move on? Please. Rams Ravens, John, your team back in action after a bye. Ravens seven and a half point favorites at home over the LA Rams. That's the number at the DraftKings Sportsbook in Circa, also locked at seven and a half. Are we trusted Baltimore? Lamar Jackson, for what it's worth, ill, did not practice today. I know that's not a great sign. Um, you know, th- this is the first December in, in a little bit where Lamar Jackson th- you know, came into it healthy. But now, it, now that the uh, illness crops up, apparently it's been going around uh, the locker room. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson has missed a game due to illness before. So that, that this is something that I think it was against the Bears a few years ago. 
Um, so keep an eye there. But it's not completely out of the question that Tyler Huntley uh, makes an appearance in this game. But even before this Lamar Jackson thing came up across the wire, um, I saw an interesting uh, stat for, from John Ewing, who, who does uh, like betting data over at BetMGM. He says, in the past three seasons, Lamar Jackson is one and eight against the spread as a favorite of seven or more points. So, like, there was already, you know, something to be said about him not uh, doing what, what he should do when, when the Ravens are huge favorites. Obviously, this, this year, the other kind of prevailing narrative has been uh, Lamar versus NFC teams that only see him once every four years. Like, they, yeah. they tend to be a bit overmatched. Um I like the way the Rams are playing lately. I, I thought that, you know, they, they had Puka Nakua running all over the place against a, a good Browns defense uh, last weekend. Um, we're getting Marlon Humphrey back on the Ravens, but on the Ravens side of things. But at the same time, like it's not the greatest corner personnel in the world. And, and you know that the Rams are going to be testing the corners uh, throughout the course of this game. Much more that I, I don't think there's going to be much going in the run game. Uh, it's going to be rainy. It's going to be warm. Uh, so it's kind of just a weird setup there. And when you get the the hook on top of the seven, I'm actually very, very interested in, in using the Rams. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't love the Ravens at seven and a half. I think I would like them at six and a half. But yeah, you can talk me into the Rams. And uh, interesting note on the weather. It's also going to be very warm in Wisconsin. Like I'm playing golf tomorrow morning, John. It's going to hey, be December 8th. But I, I got a 9.30 a.m. D time. I, I, I cleaned the clubs and put them away like three weeks ago. So yeah, good note there. I... You know, I, I'm inclined to trust Baltimore. It's like, of course, you get the Lamar Jackson is sick, uh, you know, note today. And chances are he'll be fine by Sunday. But you never know with something like that lingering. And, you know, I'm still I'm still a little iffy on the Rams. It's been pretty convincing these last couple of weeks. But at the same time, this was a team that I was kind of ready to leave for dead like three weeks ago. And, sure. you know, Cleveland's defense, a little bit different on the road, right? I mean, there there's some pretty nightmarish splits uh, in terms of how they perform at home. And on the road, those other two wins, you know, coming over Seattle, that was a one-pointer. They missed a field goal. I believe his time expired. And then, you know, the romp over Arizona a couple of weeks ago. But, you know, for the Rams, this is kind of a – you need to win this game to feel good about your chances to make the playoffs. They do still have the Commanders, the Saints, and the Giants in their next three. Those are all winnable games, but you finish out at San Francisco. So, yeah, you could talk me into the Rams plus seven and a half here. I think it's just – it's too many points for how the Ravens perform as big favorites – and I think if we're getting Lamar at, at less than 100%, um, you already are dealing with no Mark Andrews. Like, I, I think that this this could be a, a pretty hairy game, in my opinion, for, for, for the Ravens. And, and, you know, coming into this week, before I looked at the lines on, on Monday morning, my kind of expected line was Ravens minus five or four and a half. So I was, I was honestly surprised to see it uh, land where it was and stay there. Bears-Lions, another early window game on Sunday. Uh, you'll see some three-and-a-halves out there. The Lions locked as three-point favorites in the circuit contest. I don't know if I trust Detroit right now, man. I know they held on for the cover last week. It was not convincing. It was extremely convincing early on. It looked like they had righted the ship. You know, things were moving in the right direction. They're up 24-3, to and then you allow the New Orleans Saints to, to climb back into that game. Another week where you have some major letdowns on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, it really felt to me like it started in that Baltimore game in week seven. You know, the, the defense looked so improved early on. Then they allow 500 plus yards to Baltimore, you know, over 400 to a Chargers offense. That looks like I mean, it hasn't really been able to move the ball on anybody since then. Uh, you know, even almost 350 to the Bears, almost 400 to Green Bay. And then, you know, a, a pretty inept and bagged up Saints team last week. Do we dare trust the Detroit Lions or is this maybe a spot to grab Chicago? I would I would have loved it if it was three and a half in the in the circuit contest for for the Bears, but I think there's a there's a good chance that the Bears can win this game. I mean they they played them close uh, up in Detroit a few weeks back. Um, I, I think it helps. Like remember the Bears last game before the bye was that Monday Night Football game against the Vikings, and they just ran the screen raid. Like right. it seemed like they they were not confident that Justin Fields can make all the throws, even though Fields during the course of the game proved that he could by by hitting that that downfield pass uh, to DJ Moore to set up the game-winning field goal. So I don't know why they had the uh, the kitty gloves on, on Justin Fields the way that they did, but now two weeks further removed uh, from, from the injury, I think that sets up well for him. Uh, it's not going to be like a particularly like awful weather day, so like that narrative for Jared yeah, we got, Goff. We got 13-mile-an-hour wins. At game time, which that's not that's not terrible, but it's not a plus for Jared Goff. 
No, it's it's definitely not, but it, it's it still falls slightly sh- short of like the threshold of bad enough conditions where it's like there's no way that Goff is going to be able to do anything in this game. Um, but the Bears defense, I think, is actually looking pretty good in the Montez Sweat trade, looking pretty good. Jalen Johnson, uh, good corner, playing at, playing at a high level this year. So that that uh, that Lions defense, I think, it is going to get tested uh, by by the Chicago offense. It should be healthier. I wish that Chicago could just look at what they did against Washington and be like, what, you know, can we at least try that every week and, and see what happens? It seemed to work pretty yeah. good uh, in D.C. Um, I like the Bears here, man. I, I really do. Even at, even at three, you know, like it, you you risk the push and everything like that. But I, I feel good about the Bears in this spot. And, and you know, to your point, I'm, I'm skeptical of these Lions. I think the Bears keep it close. I'm not going as far as to say they win this game. Um, but we like you said, we saw it three weeks ago. Chicago absolutely should have won that, you know, two touchdowns in the final five minutes for Detroit to end up winning that one 31, 26. And that was in Detroit, you know, and, and Jared Goff nine and 14 ATS in December or January in outdoor games, not ideal. Obviously all those would be on the road for Jared Goff. And I'm curious to see, can the, can the lions run defense, get it together and they're down their nose tackle. Now that's a huge loss defensively for, for a defense that has already slipped a ton over the last five or six weeks. Uh, you know, bears ran for, 183 yards on this defense uh, back in week 11. And I, I think the Lions know that's coming. I think the Bears are going to do it again. And I, I don't know that they can be stopped. And, you know, the Chicago run defense, too, That's that's been one of the weirdest stats all year. It's like for as inept and, and like bad as the Bears have been overall, the run defense has been pretty solid. And I, mm-hmm. I still think Detroit, you know, good enough offensive line. They're committed enough to the run that it's not going to be a game where, you know, Montgomery and Gibbs combined for like 65 yards. Like they're, they're going to get their yardage, but it's not going to be easy for Detroit. No, I don't think so at all. So that then, you know, that therein lies potentially more pressure mm-hmm. on Goff. Now, it is interesting where, you know, I was talking about the the level at which Jalen Johnson's playing. So, you know, that that might be a concern for Amon Ross St. Brown potentially. But if Jameson Williams can emerge and, and uh, you know, start to be a real threat on the outside, then then you have a Lions offense that's legitimately yep. scary and, and one that I'm, I'm less skeptical of going forward just because there's so much firepower everywhere yep. you look almost like a, like a poor man's version of, of the 49ers as far as the personnel yep. goes. But um, you know, I, I just think at the end of the day, I'm the, there's been enough concerning trends with this lions team of late. I can't believe the way that they played uh, you know, for, for the final three quarters last week against the saints. I like the bears here. I've also already played Cole Komet over 32 and a half receiving yards. I like that quite a bit. Uh, talked about the Lions' rush defense slipping, but, I mean, they've been hemorrhaging passing yards to New Orleans, Green Bay, the Chargers, you know, whoever wants them, they can take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 33 yards for Cole Komet. I think that's pretty attainable. He did go under in the previous meeting, uh, but that was a game that, you know, Chicago jumped out to a lead, kind of tried to, to sit on it. He's gone over that number in 75% of his games this season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Colts-Bengals, shockingly fun game. I think yes. we're getting chaos. I think this is going to be back and forth. I think this is going to look a lot like Jags-Bengals on Monday night. I do too. Um, you know, you get Gardner Minshew in the mix. It's always going to be fun. You get Jake Browning in the mix. And and wow, I mean, like it, that was – he, Matt Flynn. If you're a backup quarterback, that's what you want to do. You, you One shining moment is going to get you like eight figures for the rest of your of your playing career. Like, that's awesome. Good, good for Jake Browning. But um, you know, I, I think that he comes back down to earth a little bit. I don't think he he shreds Indianapolis quite as much, even though Indianapolis defense on paper 
uh, worse than than Jacksonville is that I, I, Jacksonville must have just been shocked at, with what their game plan was versus what uh, the Bengals pulled out or, or were able to execute one way or the other. But they looked to be on their heels pretty much all night on Monday. Um, so now Indy kind of gets a little bit of advanced warning to, to take this game seriously. Indy thoroughly in the thick of the playoff race right, right now. Um, they, they're playing well on the road. I mean, they, they won in Tennessee last week in overtime, and, and uh, Tennessee had been pretty good at covering um, at, at home this year. But the Indianapolis is awesome on the road against the spread. So I, I think that they, they are the, the pick here. And I wonder if there is maybe a, l- a little bit of like captive audience public uh, a little bit too taking away too much from from how the Bengals played on Monday night and trying to apply it here. I like Indianapolis in the in the uh, pick'em uh, as it's listed on Circa. I think we can't overstate how bad the Jags defense was on Monday. Not to take anything away from Browning, but the tackling was horrific. Tyson Campbell. I mean, he was, I, I don't, he was so bad. You oh see God. the G back there. I love Tyson Campbell, but man, he was a liability. Yeah. I mean, it was it was partially just horrible scheming by the Jags and, and a really nice night for Jake Browning, no question. I mean, that, that throw to Chase for the 76-yarder, right on the money. That one also beat Tyson Campbell for the record. But, yeah, I, I don't think we could just say, all right, Jake Browning, he'll just do that every week. You know, there's going to be there's going to be some regression naturally. Uh, but I think, you know, you got a Bengals team now that's playing with a, a renewed sense of confidence. I think it's now plausible that they can make the playoffs. Like, I mean, they're only, I believe, one game behind the Colts, and obviously beating them straight up would be massive. You look at their schedule the rest of the way, they play the Steelers, they play the Chiefs, they play the Browns. You know, those are all teams that are ahead of them in the standings. Like, it's, it's not outrageous to think that Cincinnati is out of this and could play their way in. So I, I think we get two really motivated teams, two really chaotic teams. Uh, yes. you know, we saw the Bengals, for some reason, run two like wide receiver passes. The first one failed miserably. They were effortlessly moving the ball and then say, hey, let's do it again. Tyler Boyd, throw it directly to Josh Allen. I think you get you get that out of the, out of the offense this week and – you know, hopefully you don't need, you know, a couple series of Jake Browning just throwing like one yard behind the line of scrimmage to get him warmed up. I think, I think he's playing confidently. I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Bengals win this game at home. I, I do lean, I do lean Colts. Um, I, I think the Cincinnati defense performed much better against a Jacksonville team that just can't run the ball period um, than they will this week. You know, it's been a bad defense for the last month and a half. So I, I think there's some regression to come there. But, I mean, this to me screams out like, you know, 28-27. Like, we could have another overtime game for the Colts. I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, the the Bengals do just play wild, awesome games, do they not? I mean, like, yeah. uh, the, the Texans game was one of the best games of, of this entire season. I thought Monday night, especially relative to expectations, was unbelievable. I think uh, th- this game uh, is going to be wild. I, I hope that this is one that, that doesn't uh, let down. But, you know, I think we, we both have this circle that as one of the most entertaining and, and intriguing uh, matchups of the early window but uh all in all i like indianapolis here jags browns uh in the early window browns three and a half point favorites at home that's basically held throughout the week in light of the lawrence news i mean we we seem to have dodged a bullet in terms of a long-term injury with lawrence i mean he was on the practice field today and, and looked like he was moving around pretty well uh he's got some some kind of wrapping on that ankle but nothing too major i mean at first obviously you're thinking this might be the end of the season right uh right. You know, so one, to avoid damage to the knee and then have this only be what looks to be a relatively moderate high ankle sprain is a huge win for Jacksonville. With that said, you, know, you still lost Christian Kirk last week. I think this defense got exposed uh, by a backup quarterback in Jake Browning. And I, even as a Jaguars fan, I don't know if I want Trevor Lawrence to play in this game. Like this feels, if he's going to be limited and you're trying to protect him and he's not, you're trying to you know, avoid taking hits, he's not going to be mobile. Like this, is, this to me is a nightmare matchup, specifically on the road against that Browns defense that, again, has been so much better at home. Yeah, it's, it's like a miracle that that play only resulted in, you know, an ankle sprain, like you said. It's like your season's not over now, but, like, maybe don't test your luck. Maybe see if you can just kind of, like, grit it out with with, with C.J. Beathard and, and get ready uh, for, for when I come to town in, in a couple weeks to see the Ravens and the Jaguars on that Sunday night game. Um so yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Where it might be more pragmatic, honestly, to to just try to go in there and, and win with Beathard. I mean, it's not like the Browns are at full strength at quarterback either, depending on your opinions of Joe Flacco. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there are some concerning things to, to take away for, from Monday night's game uh, for for the Jags. Uh, I did think it was kind of interesting that the Parker Washington came out of nowhere. I'm, I'm interested to, to see if he can uh, continue to be a factor, especially with Christian Kirk. Uh, being sidelined, but if, if this is Bethard, which we, which I, I, I think we should go under the assumption that that it will be, um, 
the Browns at home, you know, you were just talking about the Browns defensive splits at, at home. They've been a total terror uh, defensively when they're, you know, in their own house. And I think with the way that press Taylor is predictable and in, you know, for bluntly, like probably not that good at his job as the offensive coordinator here. Like if you're making a generational talent, like Trevor Lawrence look pedestrian or making it so like life so difficult for him, like what's it going to look like with Beathard? Um, I just, I don't feel great about the Jags in this spot, regardless of the quarterback situation. So three points, friendly enough number. I, I think the Browns can get this done. And it's not surprising yeah. also that we have an over under uh, at 30 and a half. You know, at three and a half, if Lawrence does play, I would stay away. If it's Beathard, I, I love the Browns here. I think the Jags are going to be super limited offensively. And, and again, taking Christian Kirk out of the mix and Zay Jones is banged up too. He ended up uh, tweaking something in the fourth quarter before Lawrence went down. I, I, I think the Jags proved definitively last week that they might have, you know, they're a bottom three run blocking team. They've, they've been in that, in that mix all season. And I thought that was, I thought that was the matchup for Travis Etienne to, to kind of you know get this, this running game going and they just couldn't do it. You're not going to be able to run the ball at all against Cleveland, especially if it's better. They're not going to respect that whatsoever. And then it turns into, okay, CJ Beathard, you got to go win us the game. I, I just, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, I don't love the number at three and a half, but if it is indeed Beathard, that is one that I would be pretty confident uh, using on the circuit card. Let's Likewise. go to Panthers Saints. We got a battle in the NFC South. Saints five point home favorites. Is that a little too much? You know, given all the injuries on the New Orleans side. I know New Orleans is really banged up, um, but I refuse to give any credence to the Panthers. Um, they, last I know week. They, they sure did, and that that stung. And the, the Saints uh, continued their home ineptitude against the number. I think they are yet to cover the spread at the Superdome this year. Uh, is it Caesar Sports? I, I forget which who the presenting uh, I think sponsor it's the is Caesar's now. Dome or something. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll we'll have to bleep that out then. Sorry, um, but beyond that, um, no, I think I think the Saints kill them. I, I think the Saints just, Ooh. yeah. I, I know that they're banged up. I know that we don't know who who's going to be in at quarterback. It, it you know we we see Taysom Hill also on the injury report this week, but I think the Saints are. Uh, despite what we saw last week for, for the opening stanza, like I think they have talent on that defense. And I think that the Panthers have zero talent on their offense, uh, despite what PPR slappies try to say about Jonathan Mingo or whatever. So I don't think the Saints are going to be able to earn, the Panthers are going to be able to do much of anything on offense. And I think the Saints can do uh, enough. And if it's Jameis back there, more than enough to, to win this one rather handily. Okay. All right, you can convince me. I mean, it's the Carolina Panthers, for Christ's sake. I don't, right. I don't know why, it's why, I go like, why I'm offering now. any resistance here. Uh, <laughs> these teams these teams are combined 4-17-3 against the spread oh. this season. They're two of the three worst in the entire league. And you know, we were wondering last week, did the Panthers get a post-Frank Reich firing bounce? To me, they looked exactly the same. They were lucky to cover. You know, it took a two-point conversion at the end of that. Um, they're three of 15 on third down. They still look slow. They're still boring. They you still have no confidence that they could pick up anything beyond like a third and three. Uh, and Carolina, by the way, has gone seven straight weeks without reaching 300 yards of total offense. They've done that in 10 of 12 games so far this season. The NFL record uh, is 14 in a single season. So they're, they're approaching that. It, it is a possibility that if they finish the season going under 300 for the next five games, they could set, you know, an NFL record for just total ineptitude. So, Again, I don't love this at five, but at the same time, it's like, how, how do you value the Saints versus the Buccaneers? That maybe that's the question. Are, are they two, are, are they two points better than Tampa to you? Right. It, it, I, I can't answer it with, it with it, these NFC right. South teams that aren't the Panthers. Like they they are all some version of the same thing uh, to to me basically. So I mean, the, the the Saints can have a week like the one in Indianapolis where where the offense pops, and they can have other weeks where where they can't do anything. Uh, I suppose they, they also crushed the Patriots, but that looks less cool in hindsight, more cruel than, than anything. Um, but yeah, they've been bad at home, but I think the trend gets bucked here. The only team that can buck that trend is the Carolina Panthers. I do have another prop that I want to note. I forgot to mention it during the Bengals Colts breakdown. Gardner Minshew over 232 and a half passing yards. That's another one that I've already played along with Kibet and a couple others that we'll get to. I think this could be another 40-plus attempt game for Minshew. He's done that each of the last two. I mean, he went over his passing prop last week, like early in the third quarter. The Bengals have not held an opposing quarterback under 240 yards since week five. So I think they're. I think we're getting a really nice number on Minshew, 232 and a half. I like the, like the over on that. Let's go to Texans-Jets. Big game for Houston. Big opportunity 
for Houston and Indy, I guess, technically to narrow that gap and, and maybe sneak their way into the mix in the AFC South, especially if Lawrence doesn't play this week. Texans three and a half point favorites on the road at the Jets. Thirty three and a half is our total. You know, without Tank Dell, I have some questions, especially if Noah Brown doesn't play again this week. I also think the Jets are so dysfunctional. You have a, a starting quarterback who didn't even want to start this game. You have a defense that you know really isn't forcing turnovers in the way that you would like to try to keep them in these games. And, you know, the Texans offensive line has slipped a little bit. You know, Stroud's been getting sacked a ton the last couple of weeks. He, he is somewhat turnover prone, or at least they've kind of come in bunches this year. I still like Houston here on the road. Well, you know, you, you see Houston minus three and a half against the Jets and, you know, the Jets can't score. So you're like, oh, that, is this a layup? But it concerns me. Not a layup. It, it concerns me, Nick, that is this was six and a half on Monday. Like, what's going on here? Like, there, there's something. Is that, well, is that simply Boyle to Wilson? It, he's not. There's no way that Zach Wilson's worth that much. So I, 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 I don't, don't. I don't think so either. But I think Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle's that bad. He is. He is that dude. Is in that garbage man. Like he's he's horrendous. There's no pushback from from me here. But you know, we're we're seeing eighty percent of the money come in on the Texans, and and yet you know the the spread is going in the opposite direction. Like this is just one of those ones where it's like I, I have to admit that something's going on here that I cannot comprehend. Uh, I cannot figure out. Uh, Benson pointing out in the, in the chat that this, this might be like a you know the Texans. I think at this point that they are good enough to where they can you know, for, for better or for worse like have a look ahead game or, or a letdown game. Like it, it could happen to them. Mm-hmm. It was a big win for for them against Denver last weekend, of course. So just the, the way that this line has moved and everything, I, I'm I'm suddenly very scared of this game in a way that I, I wouldn't have been if like the line opened at three and a half, but. Okay. The way that it's gone from from six and a half, I'm like that something stupid is going to happen here, and the Jets are going to cover. Okay, yeah, you can you can sell me on that. We're getting the hook at three and a half. Uh, that's where it locked in circa as well. Uh, again, I just I, I think the Jets' defense has become a little overrated, and it's not necessarily yeah. anything against them specifically. I think it. I think I think if they're getting dragged down by like the malaise that is the offense. You know, it's like almost it, it's like if, no matter how well we play, it doesn't seem to matter. You know, mm-hmm. and you start to see them like they're getting they're getting a little chippy. You know, they're, they're kind of infighting a little bit. They're pushing and shoving after plays like it's a defense that just looks kind of fed up to me. Um, but, you know, take 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 Dell out of the equation. This is not a deep Houston team whatsoever. Um, no. And that line movement is scary. That That is a big movement. I agree with you. I, I think some of it is just getting Tim Boyle out of there. But that's that's probably too big of a movement just specifically based on that. Exactly. So I could see it being worth two, but but three. Something else is, is is at play here, and, and again, the, the the books, you know, tightening the the number while all of the money is pouring in on on the Texans. Again, something is amiss here, folks. The Minnesota Vikings on the road at the Las Vegas Raiders. Vikings are three point road favorites. Our total is forty. I, I like the Raiders here. I think this is too many points. This is too many points. Vikings, you know, coming off a bye, that's fine. Uh, you know, Josh Jobs also has lost two straight now, you know, looked extremely shaky against Chicago. Yeah. I, I do think that was a one-off game. I, I heard somebody had a podcast this week describe it almost like Josh Jobs had the yips. And I, I kind of feel like that's accurate. Like I, I think his confidence was shot and he was just playing scared uh, the rest of the game. I, I do think, you know, on balance, Josh Jobs has been a very good quarterback this season. And I, I don't think he's going to be that bad again. I, I think that was just a weird one-off, but again, I, the Raiders have been competitive, man. I, I think they're still kind of riding the, the post McDaniels, high like they're not completely out of it in the AFC I, I don't think they're going to make it but mathematically you could convince yourself internally that you're in that mix um I I, I again I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever if the Vikings win and cover this game but at the number I, I just I can't I can't take it this one is really putting my brain in the pretzel and it, it like it there's so many ways you can argue for for both sides here uh, side comment, doesn't it feel like the Raiders have been on a bye for like a month like I've like yes. memory hold all of their games since I, I don't know when last um, <laughs> they just simply don't exist in the old memory bank. But um, beyond that, I mean, like positive things going in M- Minnesota's direction, like you get to have the buy after the bad loss and you get Justin Jefferson back in, in the mix like that. That's huge. It's not an overly intimidating environment that you're going to on the road. It's not a great team that you're playing against on the road either. But I I don't know if I'm pushing back on the Dobbs thing, but I do wonder if like the, there's like a kind of the, the Dobbs cycle that we're starting to see develop where, you know, he started the season like first three, four weeks of the season. He was like 
literally useful in, in one quarterback leagues. And then he was, you know, waiver wire fodder after that. So, and then, you know, I wonder if we're seeing a similar cycle starting to develop in, in Minnesota where he starts hot and then he gets figured out a little bit more, although he has way more help obviously in, in Minnesota than he did in Arizona. But th- this one, it, this one's a big stay away from me. Um, I can't really find a, a great way to, to justify the, the Raiders either. It's just more like I'm concerned with putting my faith in Minnesota yeah. right now, even, even with those positive things working in its direction. Yeah. If it was three and a half, I'd be lobbying for the Raiders at home uh, at three complete stay away for me. You know, we got to pick every game against the number for staff picks. And, and for my weekly article, I went with the Raiders there, but it's not, it's not one of my five favorites by any means. No. Uh, we got an NFC West battle out in San Francisco. As we move through the late window on Sunday, Seahawks at the 49ers, San Francisco, uh, one of two double-digit favorites this week. That number is up to 11. Uh, this one locked John at 11 at the Circus Sportsbook earlier today. You might still find some 10 and a halfs out there. Not sure it really matters. Uh, I, I'm at the point where I'm just back to like blindly picking San Francisco every week because when they're healthy, man, I, I think they have, they have definitively proved that when, when they have their guys, I, I think they should be 10-point favorites over, what, two-thirds of the league? Yeah. I mean, what we talked about it last week. Like, we, we – uh throughout the possibility of, of them just wrecking shop in Philly. That's what they did. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that they slow down. Like, I, I think that they're they're mad that they even had that three-game losing streak to, to begin with. And they've been just insane since the bye week. And one of those games being against Seattle on Thanksgiving, and they, they crushed them. I, I'm surprised to see – maybe it is just because of the number being as high as it is. But I think maybe people are putting a bit too much stock in Seattle putting up a fight against Dallas last week. And I think that them losing that game was pretty deflating. All things considered, they played their A game and they still couldn't get it done. Um, going to San Francisco as, as your consolation prize there, the way that San Francisco is playing, like it basically would, would require a letdown from San Francisco. I don't think right. that that happens in a divisional game that, that's important as this one, especially when, you know, now the Niners are a game behind the, the Eagles for the one seed. Like they're going to keep their foot on the gas and, that's just a, a really scary prospect for, for Seattle. So, I, I mean, I I could see uh, San Fran winning this one by two touchdowns or more. Yeah, I, I think motivationally, you mentioned it. You, know, you got not only are you one game back of Philly with the tiebreaker, but Philly's at Dallas this week, right? And I, I think with a pretty easy schedule after this, you know, Philly's still probably the best bet to get the one seed, but you're not just assuming that by any means if you're San Francisco. So I, I think you're still pushing hard here. Obviously, we saw this game two weeks ago. You know, does a rematch matter to you familiarity within the division i mean that one was at seattle right uh, i mean it, it's tough and, and again seattle like i was ready to leave them for dead like I, I was i was lobbying hard with you all the way up until the thursday lock to to go with with the cowboys last week and you know obviously glad uh that that we didn't but i i think that that was that was a it smells a little bit like seattle's last gasp and i, I think that they come into this one i mean also injury wise not that they would have been able to run the ball on, on, on San Fran, but you have Charbonnet and Kenneth Walker, like both missing practice on, on Wednesday. I'm not sure what their deal was uh, on Thursday, but neither of those guys could be expected to be at a hundred percent here. Like they're Seattle's going to need a miracle to, to win this game or, or, you know, keep it really close. So I don't, I don't see them doing that two weeks in a row doing the Niners. All right. Yeah, you're never you're never going to get a whole lot of pushback from me uh, when, when we're talking about the the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm with you on that one. Quick message from our friends at Circa. We love the Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas. Far and away, my favorite book, my favorite place to stay when we're out there. And it is still football season at Circa Resort and Casino. They got the best pool in history, stadium swim, three levels, six pools, and a 143-foot diagonal screen. Stadium swim is America's favorite place to watch football. They play every game from college to the pros. Catch all the action poolside from a variety of seating options. We're talking day beds, cozy day beds, no less. Private, temperature-controlled cabanas. They got their own TVs. You can put on whatever game you want. Stadium Swim, located at Circuit Resort and Casino, is open 365 days a year. All sports, all seasons. You can book your stay today at CircaLasVegas.com. That is CircaLasVegas.com. Bills Chiefs. John, why does this game not feel bigger? Why does it not feel bigger? It's still huge, right? I mean, these teams aren't performing maybe at the level – that we thought, but you know, Kansas city, obviously leading the division, they're cruising toward the playoffs. Buffalo absolutely needs this game to hang around in the AFC. They got plenty of help last week. That's for sure. Uh, but, but Buffalo needs to start stacking wins. The schedule's not easy. 
the rest of the way. They're still a 500 team. They are one and a half point dogs at Arrowhead. Right. What what did the line used to be though? It was three earlier this week. It, but it but did. but uh, to 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 your point there, why does this game not feel bigger? Well, you know the Chiefs haven't looked like the Chiefs really much at all the, this season, and uh, the Bills obviously haven't held up their, their end of the bargain either. The Chiefs obviously still in good shape here. You, you don't expect them to, to totally melt down, but season's on the line here for the Bills. Uh, they, this is a house of horrors for them. They, they've had some toughies go against them uh, over the Josh Allen era, but Allen, for his own part, plays extremely well when he's there. I think it helps that the, that the Bills are off the bye. Uh, some weirdness uh, that, like, I was, re- I woke up today very confident in the Bills. The weirdness about the McDermott uh, speech uh, kind of makes me wonder, like, what's going on in the, in that locker room? What are the vibes like? But um, maybe they put that aside for for this game, trying to slay the dragon, trying to trying to beat the Chiefs, trying to get themselves back into the mix for for the playoffs. So um, I liked the the Bills at, at minus three, and you know. It's as much a tougher number to cover with it, with it being one and a half. They almost have, you know basically have to win uh, to do it. But I think that they can. I thought that you know their their loss against Philly it showed some some heart and some gut and and uh, you know some some good stuff. I thought overall for, from the Bills, the the Eagles just in that type of setup that they, they've got the alligator blood to hang around and find a way to win uh, that that the Bills might not have. But the Bills still I thought played really well in that game. I thought that was encouraging, even though it was a loss. I think that they've had two weeks to, to look ahead to this one. I think the Bills get this done. And, and you know, from a futures perspective, there's kind of a friendly number out there for, for the Bills to, to make the playoffs. It, obviously, it kind of has to start this week, but you can get them at almost four to one to, to make the playoffs. And with all the chaos that's gone gone on with the rest of the AFC as far as the, the quarterback situations, like yep. most of the AFC North and, and so on, I don't know, man. I, it wouldn't shock me if the Bills make a run here. It is a gauntlet to, to end the season, but um, when you're when you're looking at, at that type of number on on the Bills, you know, a team that a lot of people would have picked to win the AFC coming into this year, I'm interested. I think the Bills are making it. I've I've, I've been saying that for weeks. Uh, you know, they got the Cowboys next week at home at the Chargers, home for the Patriots. They should win those two at Miami Week 18. That that could be the one that decides it. I think you have to go at least three and two, possibly four and one depending on what happens with some other teams, but there's going to be a lot of carnage. There's going to be a lot of cannibalization, you know, with teams like Pittsburgh and Cleveland and, you know, Houston and Indy. Uh, so I, I think the path is there, but like you said, it starts with this game and I'm on the bills. I'm on the bills. You know, they, they've had their letdowns. They've lost multiple games that they should have won. They put up over 500 yards of offense on Philly. You know, the offense has not been an issue. The turnovers have been an issue. You think about, think about that Denver game, the Cincinnati game. Um, but I, I think this is a spot where they could jump on Kansas city. I, I thought it was really concerning how that Kansas City defense looked last week against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. They had some injuries throughout that game as well. And it was really jarring to see the to see the Chiefs get the ball back down one score and not be able to finish it out. Right? I mean, how many times do we see that situation? And it's almost a given that Patrick Mahomes is going to move them down the field. Now, you know, if they call what, what should have been an obvious PI on, on MVS, things are different. But I, I think, and I subscribe to this, like the universal take after that game was, yeah, they should have been called, but I mean, Green Bay outplayed them for four quarters. They, they did, um, and and you know that they, they're a, a kind of ridiculous, uh, unnecessary roughness to to kind of help yeah. uh, put Kansas City in that position. Mahomes was in bounds. You're allowed to hit him, okay? Um, but yeah, I thought Green Bay played better. I think you know we'll, we'll get to Green Bay at the end of this, but I, I love the way the Green Bay is playing right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, beyond that, something's something's rotten in the in this uh, state of Denmark, right? When it comes to the, the Chiefs, like that. Kelsey, just looking at the personnel that they have, he needs to be Superman. I think he's too old to be Superman. I think I think we're starting to see the the beginning of his decline. And you know what, Justin Watson and Rasheed Rice, as much as I like him, like that's not going to save it for for uh, the Chiefs. And and Mario was talking about it on on the pod earlier. This is not completely uh, out of character for Andy Reid. Like he's stuck by terrible receivers in Philly basically until he got fired. The Broncos and the Chargers, John. This is one that Jim and I agreed on. You know, I talked it through with Jeff Erickson on the show this week as well. I really like the Broncos plus two and a half. Uh, I, I don't I, – I guess I understand the line. I don't necessarily agree with it whatsoever. I think the Broncos – I think to me this is a pick em. You know, If you want to give me Chargers minus one at home, you got a big quarterback advantage. Uh, that's about it, though, for the Chargers. Like, I, I'm, I'm, you know I'm a Herbert guy. I will continue to defend him. Where are the other advantages 
for the Chargers. You know, you're down Joey Bosa. You're down basically every receiver but Keenan Allen. Uh, Austin Eckler looks like a complete shell of himself. Uh, I got some props that I'll talk about for this game as well. Um, you know, Denver, I wouldn't say they should have won last week, but they had a great chance to win. You know, you're yes. knocking on the door with, I think they had, what, three or four plays, you know, right at the goal line, essentially, to to try to finish that one off. And, and Russell Wilson threw his third pick of the day. That's something that Denver, you know, had they, 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 they had some luck coming around, I think, on the turnovers. Like, they had forced so many turnovers. They weren't really turning it over for the last five or six weeks. That was bound to change at some point. Uh, but I also think, you know, Russell Wilson on balance has done a much better job taking care of the ball. And a couple of those picks by Derek Singley were, you know, elite, elite cornerback yeah. type of plays that I don't necessarily put on Russ. You know, the interception at the end, it wasn't great. You know, you also had to force that in there on third down. I like the Broncos plus two and a half. Yeah. I mean, I pretty much just love betting against the Chargers, like just yeah. on, on principle. Like it, they are, they're a miserable bunch. It's not, it's not good. I, I, Staley's not long for, the, for this job. Uh, if he's, still hot or still employed this time next week. I, I still don't think he'll be employed uh, come January. Um, like you said, but what, what can the chargers do well? Well, the, the, their offense was so, you know, reliant and dependent on, on having these multiple stars. And all of a sudden you have a, a loss of Mike Williams and then you can't make that up because Quentin Johnston is basically doing his best Jalen Rager impression at this point. And then Austin Eckler gets hurt in the first game of the season. And all of a sudden, he comes back and he doesn't look remotely like himself. So the only thing that works is Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen will, you know, get it done in this game. But beyond that, there's nothing that for the Chargers to hang their hat on really. Khalil Mack is playing pretty well, I will say, um, in, in Bosa's absence. But beyond that, there's just not a lot here to, to like about the Chargers. There's no home field advantage here. There's no intimidation factor uh, when it comes to the Broncos coming in here. So um, I know the Broncos slipped up last week, but, you know, that's a, it's a, suddenly Houston's a tough place to, to go in and get a win. Right. So you can't blame them too much for that. Um, and they were right in that game till the very end. Um, I, I like the, I like the fact that the Broncos are dogs here and we're getting points. So give me the Broncos. Yes. I wouldn't even call last week a slip up for Denver. That was a 50, 50 game. You know, you lost, I felt wrong saying it. you lost, I felt lost wrong. a good Texans team, right? You know, I, you I think, I think that was a, that was a, especially for a team that was rolling and it kind of felt like they probably should have been tripped up once or twice over that five game winning streak. I, I think that was a, a defensible loss uh, for the Denver Broncos. It wasn't something that you know set off any alarm bells for me. No. Uh, I'll throw out a couple prop bets that I like from this game. I love Eckler under 49 and a half rushing yards. Like this number is, is like we're docking five yards every week for mm -hmm. Eckler at this point. I, I still like the less uh, or the, or the under on this one. He looks washed up to me. The concern is that the volume is always going to be there. Like even last week when he was just gaining like one and a half yards per carry, they still ran him double digit times, but he's now gone under this in six of eight games since coming back from injury. And I, I like the the over on Keenan Allen, seven and a half catches. I, I think the Chargers are going to have to abandon the run pretty early, as usual. And you know, Keenan Allen, even last week, like he, he went under this number, still targeted nine times. He had 30 targets over the previous two weeks. Did Keenan Allen. I mean, he's got seven games this season with double-digit targets. So um, I, I think on the on the Chargers side of things, it's going to feel like a, a, a very pass-heavy approach. And obviously, a lot of those targets will be funneled to Keenan Allen, but we, we like Denver plus two and a half. That's one of my favorite yep. plays on the board. Eagles Cowboys, baby. Sunday night football, Dallas, a three point favorite at home at DraftKings. Although the line is sitting at three and a half at Circa. Uh, Did you have a play here, dude? I, I lean Dallas three and a half. Eh, I don't know. I love Dallas. Ooh. I love Dallas in this spot. I, I think that this is a huge opportunity for them. They get to even the uh, season series against them and uh, against the Eagles. And also, you know, be tied uh, record-wise after this game. So Dallas has been nails at, at home. I think last week was the first time that they didn't cover a spread at home. Uh, they have the rest advantage, whereas the, the Eagles just got completely the, the doors blown off them on Sunday afternoon. So that helps in Dallas's favor as well. Um, I don't know, just kind of a general comment here. I, I, I pitched this to, to Mario earlier, and, and he had good rationale as to why that might be, but does it feel a little bit like Philly's kind of like desperate with some of these like in-season signings or like, you know, having to trade for for Kevin Byard, having to, uh, you know, pick up Shaq Leonard off, off the uh, scrap heap, even though he can't really do much anymore. It's like, are, are they just trying to like patch things up with flex seal and, and try to uh, win the Super Bowl this year? And they're, they're kind of overexposing Jalen Hurts as a passer. Mario is making that point. He's not a 40 attempt a game type of guy. I think in, in an ideal world for Philly, um, you know, it, it's an efficient 30 uh, pass attempts per, per game type of deal. 
So if they get behind here, they get out of their out of their rhythm. I think Dallas could kind of lean on him here and and you know make this one a bit ugly. I don't have a problem with the signings. That's just kind of who Philly's been. You know, they're they're like the, That's what the Warriors saying. or the Lakers, you know, signing DeMarcus Cousins. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're just going to do it. I mean, last who did they sign last year? Like Adama Sue, right? And, and then you uh, can make the same Limble case. And, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's like a red flag necessarily. I mean, obviously Shaq Leonard is a much bigger name than a producer at this point, but I don't know who else is out there. And, you know, I don't really have a problem with teams bringing in veteran depth. But, yeah, your, your point stands nonetheless. I mean, I – I have big concerns about this defense, you know, even in games that they were winning, you know, they, they squeaked out that win against Dallas uh, due in large part to a bunch of penalties, you know, uh, on the Cowboys part late in that game, barely beat KC, barely beat Buffalo. On one hand, a lot of credit goes to the Eagles for finding ways to win. That's something that's tough to quantify. I mean, you're also just hemorrhaging yards lately. I mean, they gave up almost 500 yards to Washington a few weeks back over 400 to Dallas, 505 to Buffalo, 450 plus to San Francisco last week. And, you know, this is this is going to be by far Dallas's toughest test at home this season. I know we talk a ton about how dominant they are at home. Well, it's because they played a bunch of bad teams. Right. I think we get a close game. Like I would, I would be very surprised if this looks anything like Niners Eagles last week. Uh, I think the Eagles keep this close, no question. But I, I do lean Dallas at home. I, I think Dallas right now is the the more polished team, and I, I also think for Dallas, I, I think their mindset will be kind of what San Francisco's was last week, right? Where it was clear that that game meant more to the 49ers than it did the Eagles. And I think this clearly means more to Dallas. It does. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, I've been so reluctant to, to buy in on Dallas under McCarthy. And, you know, over the last couple of years, Dak hasn't been great, but he's been phenomenal this year. Like I, yeah, I would, Dak's the man. I would, I'd be interested in him uh, in, in the MVP. And I think if, if he wins this weekend, then, you know, all of a sudden we might not see Brock Purdy atop the MVP standings, which, you know, yeah. it's dubious that, that he's even there. It's give it to Tyreek Hill for crying out loud. But, um, yeah, I, I think that Dak is playing extremely well. This is a this is a, a gettable secondary that, that Philadelphia has. So I, I'm all over Dallas here. All right. We got two Monday night games. They're both starting at the same time, 8-15 Eastern. Titans-Dolphins, uh, Miami biggest favorite on the board this week. They are 13-point home favorites for Tennessee. I lean Miami here. Call me a sucker. Yep. I like it. I, I I don't think Tennessee is very good. You know, we, we saw the Dolphins go on a two-game road trip blow out both of those teams. You know, the, the narrative is, oh, you know, it's different when they're away from home. It didn't look very different to me. Yeah, you, know, you played two bad teams at the Jets and the Commanders, but, man, I, I think this team is peaking at the right time. I, I think, you know, pretty much everybody's healthy on that offense, and I don't I don't see Tennessee keeping up. You know, I, I think this is a Tennessee rush defense that has been decent this year. Jeffrey Simmons is not playing this week. That is massive. I, I think that might be that, – that's as big of a singular absence – you know, for a, for a unit as just about any defensive player in the league. I really believe he's that good. And mm-hmm. I think that's going to have a huge impact on the rushing defense. Their pass defense is already bottom five. Uh, you know, as long as Miami doesn't have some sort of weird letdown defensively, I, I think this is a 30-plus point afternoon, or not afternoon, I guess night, for the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, as, as long as you can keep Tennessee under, like, 24, I think we're in good shape. Yeah, and Tennessee's good at keeping itself under 24. So um, that, that, that certainly helps. Um, I think that this Dolphins defense sneakily has been playing a lot better um, over the last little bit. I, I know it stinks that they lost Jalen Phillips in that Jets game, but the, they still um, have some dudes and they're playing well on, on that side of the ball. So I think that this is going to be a stifled Tennessee attack on, on offense. And, and yeah, like you, to your point, it's a pass funnel uh, that plays right into into Miami's strengths here. Uh, we haven't seen the, the mammoth game out, out of Jalen Waddle. I wonder if that's uh, coming pretty soon, but you know Tyreek Hill is inevitable at this point. Two is locked in. Um, no Jeffrey Simmons means that Mostert and and Achan mm-hmm. should should have a lot of room to run. So it, it's hard to not like the the Dolphins even with the big number. Packers Giants is our other Monday night game. Green Bay six and a half. They're giving the Giants thirty six and a half is our total. Love what we're seeing from the Packers. You know Jordan Love has played. His, I, th- I think his four best games of the season, you know, within the last five, I think you could say he's played his three best now in succession during this winning streak for Green Bay. Uh, I mean, Sunday night against KC was a magnum opus. I think that's what you've been wanting to see from Jordan Love all season. I like Green Bay to win the game. Six and a half, though, on the road, I, I, I think I'd take the Giants to cover. That's a little too much for me. I know, right? Like, it, it's it's weird. I, like, want to, like, throw cold water on myself for, for feeling, like, good about the Giants covering this one because the, the Packers have been captivating. I mean, they've been yeah. awesome over the over this last little bit. Love them to make the playoffs and everything. But, um, you know, it's like 
how how are the Giants like how real is the Tommy DeVito thing, right? And they are coming off the bye. They've got additional time to to get ready for this one. It's at home and all that. But I I think it, it's got to peter out at some point. Like I, I'm I've never been a Tommy DeVito believer. Like even dating back back to college. Uh, I'm I'm happy for him that he's played well these last two weeks and gotten the Giants a couple of victories. But um, I think the Packers are, are the far superior team, and I think that they keep this momentum going. Um, but you know, I, I I understand being concerned enough about covering six and a half on the road to, to leave this one off the card. But if I had to pick a side, it it, it is the Packers. Yeah, I, I just worry about some of the injuries. You know, we'll see if Aaron Jones is back. He was a limited participant today. I, I think he has a chance to return. You know, I don't think Christian Watson's going to play. Uh, looked like he tweaked his hamstring for like the 10th time in the last two years last week. And, you know, Jaden Reed's been banged up as well, uh, you know, limited again on Thursday. Green Bay is one of those teams that like guys are always trending in the right direction. And then they release the injury report and you're like, what the hell? Like I, I, three guys that we thought were playing are, are now sitting out. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think I'd take the Giants here. But, you know, at the same time, it's like it's pretty easy to see this being, I don't know, 27-20. Maybe that's even too many points for the Giants. Like. Green Bay should win this game by a touchdown. And I do think six and a half is a friendly number. It's just, it's a little bit jarring for me. I don't, I don't know if the Packers have fully earned that respect yet, but at the same time, you know, what have the Giants earned? No, like, you know, two kind of weird wins against two of the worst teams in football. Like it's going to look a lot different on Monday. All right, let's get to parlays, teaser locks of the week. We'll be on our way out, John, uh, my, my parlay of the week. We're going with the classic three teamer. I'm taking the Niners to cover 11. I'm taking the Broncos to cover uh, or to, to, I think they win that game outright, but they're plus two and a half. And I'm taking the Buffalo Bills. We got two dogs in the mix here, plus one and a half. That gets you to about plus 600. Okay. I, I like that. I like what we're seeing there. Let's, uh, let's, let's, I like how you included some, some teams that, you know, aren't, aren't always uh, in the mix like, like Pittsburgh yeah. and, and Tampa Bay, but uh, let's, let's go, man. I like that. Um, for, for me, um, I like the Bears plus three and a half. I like the Rams plus seven and a half. And then alternate spread worked for me last week. I'm going to go back to that. Well, Dallas minus six and a half. That, that's plus 144. Um, tie those three things together. You're about eight to one. Okay. All right. There we go. There we go. I like the creativity. We're going with a four team seven point teaser this week. We are teasing the Baltimore Ravens uh, from minus seven and a half just to minus 0.5. They just got to win that game against the Rams. We are teasing the Chicago Bears up to plus 10 and a half. We are like teasing the, uh, what do I, do I have the wrong game here? Why do I have the Miami Dolphins? Oh yeah, we're teasing the Dolphins down to minus six. Okay, I copied and pasted it incorrectly, but we're teasing the Dolphins from minus 13 down to minus six. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're just giving ourselves a little bit of a cushion with Denver. Again, I think they win this game outright, but we're teasing them uh, up to nine and a half. I think at the, at the very least, you know, they lose that game by a field goal. That gets you to plus 200. So we, we got to get back on the right side of these teasers, but I feel pretty good about this one. Give me your lock of the week, John, and we'll head out. Uh, it is Dallas. Um, I, I really like the, this setup for, for the Cowboys this week. I think that they're, they're going to make some noise on, on Sunday night. I think that their offense is too much to deal with. I think their defense creates a little bit too much havoc, and I think that the Eagles are having an internal uh, struggle right now, and I think it gets a little bit exposed on, on Sunday night. Give me the boys. I like Dallas. I like Buffalo. Obviously, I like Denver. But you know what? We're getting a little saucy. Taking the Dolphins. Uh, We're taking the hey, Dolphins. Hey. I, I think I'm. Th I think I'm three and zero, and I've decided to actually, you know, take the Dolphins with a huge number this season. Minus thirteen. I think the Titans are terrible. I think this is going to be a game where you know Miami's approaching thirty points, maybe at the half. They've had a couple of those this season. Uh, give me Miami to cover the thirteen at home. We are locking them up, John. Love breaking down these games with you every week, man. Uh, looking forward to our conversations over the next couple of days. Locking in that circuit card. Uh, should be a very, very fun week of football. Enjoy Patriots Steelers tonight, uh, whatever that means for you in your household. <laughs> it means I'm picking up my girlfriend from the airport <laughs> and happily doing it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening along. Everybody uh, who chimed in in the comments, uh, we, we appreciate um, everybody who's followed this season. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, best of luck to, to all of you betting the NFL this season. Uh, bet in the NFL this weekend. We will be back next Thursday. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.